It's good to talk to my next guest for the first time this season. In fact, the last time I saw you, mate, you were Gareth Hall's on the line, by the way, SEN track host, G Hall. The last time I saw you, you were at the doggies down there. I was uh, doing some stuff for racing.com, but we didn't get a chance to have a chat because you were having a ripping night. Um, Happy New Year to you. Welcome to the program. Happy New Year to you, Matty. Yeah, it was a terrific night. I still can't believe the dog that SEN had as our, our slot dog for the Phoenix got beat that night in Emerald Boy. It's one of the biggest efforts that you'll ever see in any code um, that night. And um, no, it was a terrific night. They they do it so well, the Meadows. It's a great yeah. concept, that slot race. And it's it was more like turning up to a football match than a, a, a racing venue. So they, they create this wonderful atmosphere. And I tell you what, Emerald Boy, you can get $5 for him. Ooh. For the Paws of Thunder at Wentworth Park on Saturday night, yeah. he might be worth something each way. Yeah, for our listeners who missed it, and I did uh, I did bring them up to date while I was doing it, it was down there at the Meadows in Melbourne, and it was the Phoenix, which is, you know, a, a big-time race worth a lot, a lot of money, over a million dollars, and it was um, like, at the slot, as, as Gareth says, it was slot holders, so very similar, obviously, to the Everest, and SEN had Amron Boy, and the sports bet guys ended up getting up in a thrilling race. Mate, what about the party that those boys had on? As Simon Marshall, no. has anyone seen S. Marshall since? No, and do you know what? They're like... We love sports bet. They do a wonderful job promoting it. But I desperately wanted to win because there were bragging rights, etc., cetera, um, with this particular race. And while she's fast, she's a superstar. She became the first greyhound. This is the prize money in this sport now yeah. to win $2 million in the sport of greyhound racing. And there's now $4 million races or $3 million races in the sport of greyhound racing with Queensland just announcing their million-dollar race. So um, if you've got a good putt, um, you'd be pretty happy with yourself. Yeah, it's a good night too. It's a good one. Now, mate, yep. let's get down to business in terms of what's happening in racing in a fair bit. Um, I was on air yesterday when the news broke around the Cox Plate possibly being moved, so I'm interested yep. in your thoughts on that one. But first up, jo- uh, Tommy Berry. So I, I, I've detailed what's been playing out here and the $15,000 that was transferred to his mum's bank account. Um, he's facing a year, essentially, on the sidelines. He's accepted some of those other charges about using a mobile phone, but it appears as though he's going to appeal this one for accepting a consideration, which is essentially a, a payment, a sling, if you like. What, what's going Correct. on with this? Well, Tommy's done something probably that he wish he could take back. He's been more naive than doing anything wrong. They've analysed those races, racing New South Wales stewards, and there's, from an integrity point of view, there is nothing wrong with the way that those races were run. Um, Tommy didn't want that money, my understanding was. The punter continued to insist that he have that money after Tom um, gave him a good push for a couple of horses. He backed them and he won some money. Um, And then he just said, well, basically, the money went to his mother. And there was $15,000 that was transferred um, between the punter um, into the account of Mrs. Berry. So it's unfortunate because Tommy is a wonderful ambassador for the game, Matty. He's terrific with the media. Um, he's definitely not a crook. And uh, he um, is a man full of integrity, if you ask me. But he's just made a, a, a mistake here that's going to be costly. I've got no doubt, well, he's going to appeal. I don't think he deserves the, the year out of the game, which he was handed down to yesterday. I think he'll get a little bit off that. Um, but I think it's just a warning to everybody in the racing game, especially in the, if you're a jockey. You can't accept a sling. If, if some someone wants to persist in, in trying to give you money after they back the winner, 
and you just simply can't take it. Mm. And if you're a punter or you've got relationships with jockeys, um, don't do that because you put them in a in a vulnerable situation. So it's unfortunate around the sport misses out on one of its superstars um, for at least a year at the moment, but I think he'll appeal and I reckon he'll have to get some time taken off the, the, the original um, sentence. You would have had people say this to you and we've had people say this to us as well. So people are saying, what's the difference between Tommy Berry, for instance, jumping on my show or your show and at the end of the conversation you say, mate, what have you got today? Can you give us a heads up? And he goes, I, li- I like the thing that I'm writing in the third at Flemington, right? So, and, and, yeah. and that's considered information. Um, and people are saying, well, what's the difference between saying that on radio and doing that with a punter? Well, there's, there's essentially not. But the difference is then if I make money out of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I make 15 grand out of it and then ring Tommy and say, I need to, I want to give you this 15 or I want to give it to somebody that you're associated with, that's where the problem is. Is is that the right read on it? Yeah, correct. So if, if Tommy Berry, we, we caught up with Tommy um, at a pub, and a lot of the punters ask these jockeys and drivers for tips because if you meet one of the superstars, um, what's your, have you got a winner for us coming up, boys? And usually they're really good. And, and uh, there's not a problem with them tipping horses um, to the public and, and on radio. That's just, it's going, it's impossible to police if you're not, they're not allowed to do that. But you just can't um, get money. Someone says to them, well, you help me, you, um, you, uh, you help me back these, all these winners and I want to give you a, a couple of hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or a car or whatever. You're just not allowed to do that unless you're an owner and owners can give slings. Um, and if you want to give a jockey a sling because you backed a few winners, you just have to get permission from the stewards. That's all. And then they can make a decision. But um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, mate. It's a, it's, there's a little bit of a gray area as well, because these races, mind you, I just want to get this, um, nice, nice and clear that these these races that Tommy had been investigated in were thoroughly um, analysed by the stewards and their and their team there, and especially the people who do the form for them. And there was nothing that looked suspicious, um, and there was no integrity issues with those races. So it's just a naive. It was it was just naive, Tommy, for what he did, and he's paid a big price for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because Maddie Tommy Berry doesn't need fifteen thousand. hundred percent. He's a multi-millionaire. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but but also, yeah. and you're right. And and the naivety part in it is that Tommy Berry also doesn't need to give a punter his mum's bank details. That's you know, no, that, correct. That's, that's where yeah. it falls apart. And, and you're right. He's paying yeah. the price for it. Um. So we'll see where that appeal goes. Just a quick one on on the Cox Plate possibly moving to a couple of weeks after. Um, the end of the Melbourne Cup. So from late October to late November, it, it changes a whole stack of things. It, 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 puts, it puts Stakes Day at Flemington, the fourth and last day of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. It, it adds a bit of extra punch there because that's the last stop for horses to get into the Cox Plate if they're going to do it on November 25. How does it affect Correct. the whole scenario of history, obviously, people won't like change. And, and what's the reaction been to news of this? I see the VRC have come out and said, whoa, hang on a second, this is premature. Yeah, they don't like it. We had Michael Brow, the CEO of Mooney Valley, on today, and he says that it has to be a compelling argument um, with prize money increases for them to be on board about this change. Um, and then I guess the rest of the industry need to have a look. So if you move uh, regarding the programming, so if you move the Cox Plate back a month, you need to move other races as well. So you can have a 
Um, so these horses going towards the Cox Plate can have a, a plan going forward with a couple of weeks break in between runs. So it's going to be fascinating. And as Michael Brow pointed out, it's not just Peter Volandis that are taking on um, Mooney Valley these days in, for racing New South Wales, but the VRC and the MRC, they're, they're different bodies. So they want the best for their club. Um, and they put on Champions Day um, Flemington and they, they want to, and they've been vocal in saying this, that they want to make the Champion Stakes the premier weight for age event mm. in the country. Um, so there's competition left, right and centre. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, mate. For me at the moment, I, I don't mind change, but you just need to see what the um, programming is before you can make a decision on it. Because um, just pushing back the spring carnival, um, I don't, I'm not quite sure about that, mate. I think racing's got six weeks to really shine in, in spring. Um, and if you go longer than that, a little bit what's happened with the Big Bash, um, I think that people just get a little bit worn out from it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, sometimes you've got to be careful for what you wish for. Gareth, good Correct. to talk to you, mate. We'll talk again good soon. Good you, Matty. See you, mate. Thanks for that. Gareth Hall there. You can catch his work uh, on SEN Track, so covering a fair bit of ground. Uh, one for 12 is the score between Australia and Pakistan. So Darcy Brown, the wicket taker. Kim Garth has bowled her first over in Australian colours in an ODI match. Uh, five runs off it, so one for 12 is the score. Uh, Iga Sviantek is on court on Rod Laver Arena and she leads one love on serve. So early on, obviously, Camilla Osorio is her opponent. Now, because of the rain, there'll be no play on the outside courts until at least 12 o'clock Eastern Daylight Saving Time. So 40 minutes away, Rod Laver, Margaret Court, John Kane Arena will continue as planned. So as we thought, rain will be interrupting uh, the first half of day three at the very least for the outside courts. We'll keep you up to date with all of that. It's 22 and a half minutes past 11 for our Sydney listeners, 22 and a half after 10 for our Queensland listeners.